Hello and welcome back to Up The Villa Podcast. If you're new to our channel, subscribe, drop this video a like and get involved in the comment section down below. We are so close to 10k subscribers now. So if you do watch us and you aren't subscribed, just click that button and uh, it'll mean the world to me to see this channel finally get to 10,000 subscribers, which is a, a massive, massive number and it's something that I can be proud of and, you know, you can be proud of as well for helping to support us. And, and you know, the comment section goes off like a fan forum every single time. So, um, again, get involved. So, on this episode, we're going to have the United Carabao Cup reaction and then we're going to have the Brighton preview as well. I thought I'd do them both together uh, just because time-wise, because when I got back from Old Trafford last night, it was one o'clock and... What a journey to get home, man. So much traffic. Absolute nightmare. But uh, Manchester United 4, Aston Villa 2. Uh, Unai Emery made seven changes to the starting lineup. So in came Olsen, Young, Augustinson, Chambers, Kamara, McGinn, and Danny Ings. Um, and for me, watching it, it didn't feel like a 4 2 loss. I thought there was things to be positive about there was things that I liked in the performance and then there was things that I really disliked in the performance as well so um, I thought the first half was was pretty pretty even I thought our defensive shape was really really good and it sort of felt like to me I was watching a team in Europe I was watching a Villarreal in Europe Dogged, determined to to nullify the opposition, but also pose a threat as well. So first half, pretty even, nothing in it that they didn't really have any chances. We didn't really have any chances. Um, testament to our shape, our structure, our resolve that we were we were fighting and we were more than in the game. We didn't really have too much going forward, but I think second half he addressed that and he wanted us to be a little bit more forward thinking. First half, things that I was annoyed about, I felt like, and we'll get on to Olsen, I felt like Olsen's distribution first half was letting us down. There was a few times where it was just going out to play on that right-hand side. It was slow. It was inviting pressure onto ourselves. I thought at times when we worked the ball quite well, it would go to the left to Augustinson. And instead of looking forward and a quick fire forward pass into a Watkins or a Danny Ings, it would come backwards. So first half, that's where I felt like the problems lied. Distribution from at the back was, was slow as well. And I think that's a, a, a tale of the game. Second half, we came out absolutely blockbuster Villa. Um, the goal was just class and, and I'll get onto the goal as well. Uh, in a second but you know one thing I want to pick up on when I'm talking about this Ollie Watkins goal is that I'm going to share the screen with you now and I'm going to show you something that has been a bugbear of mine with Ollie Watkins for a few well better season now and it's when he gets in that position to finish it's head down fire it low and hard how many times can you Villa fans that are listening and watching resonate 
to Ollie Watkins, head down, smash it as hard as he could. Yesterday, against Manchester United, we saw an Ollie Watkins through on goal. He took a look up at the keeper, picked his spot and finished. Now, this is the sign of a striker that's going to be in confidence and a sign of a striker who is taking time, relaxing. We know Unai Emery has spoke about Ollie Watkins in the front line that when they get the ball, to just relax and take your moment. And that is what he did. He was clean through on goal. His dribbling ability was brilliant. He looked at the keeper. He fired it and he scored. So it was a fantastic, fantastic finish. And I think Ollie Watkins needs some big, big credit because he was fantastic at home against United and he was really good against United again. And that finish shows to me that there's signs that we're going to get a different version of Ollie Watkins because if he can do this week in, week out, if he can look up more, he'll get more goals. So I was really, really pleased with that. Um, so, again, we saw it time and time again, haven't we? That we're vulnerable when we score. And all of the goals that we, we conceded against Manchester United will probably infuriate Unai Emery because they infuriated me. Because it wasn't the shape of the team getting carved open time and time again. It was individual errors that cost us, which are the problem. And this is the point where Unai Emery is going to learn a lot about this squad. So maybe we can be thankful that we're doing it now. So he's having a he's having a look at who lets him down and who doesn't. But for me, there was some massive, massive individual errors. I'll go back to the first slide that I've got here. And this is the uh, average positions of the Villa side. So defensively, it, it's 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 okay to be fair. Here is a bit of an issue, and here's a bit of an issue. Um, but we do play with this high line, don't we? We play with a high line. And if you noticed in the game that Fernandez was always looking to get on the shoulder of Augustinson when Augustinson was in this position here. You'd see Fernandez here always wanting to get in behind. And I think the problem with their first goal was we just scored. It was one ball over the top and they were through on goal. And in this position here, we had we had a um we had a bit of a problem. Um and then we did well, didn't we, to get back in to get back in the goal. Bailey came on. It was a great cross from ahead across from Bailey. And uh it was two one Aston Villa, but I just felt like individual errors let us down against against Man United, and that, and that was that was the problem. One of their goals we saw Christian Eriksen. It was a through, another through ball again. Christian Eriksen through on goal. I mean, we, we can't be allowing Eriksen to to have a clean run through on goal because he hasn't got that much pace. So I felt like just the, the communication was a little bit lacking with with the fullbacks, and and it just. Then I just felt that was a problem. The Olsen goal that he gave away as well, massive, massive problem. It's it's just a it's just a crap goal to concede because you know we want to play out from the back and and it, it, his distribution all night was just it was appalling, man. 
he's just putting us under under pressure. And the point I wanted to make about the Villarreal in the cup sort of side is we made three substitutions. We brought uh, Luke Dean on, we brought Mings on, we brought Brendier on, we brought uh, Bailey on. We made some some good substitutions at good times that were trying to like shift momentum in that game. Um, and I just think individual errors just just really really cost us. I felt like we were a little bit loose with the ball. I thought McGinn was very loose. Um, I don't think McGinn had a good game. If I'm being honest, I think it, it, it positionally just wasn't there. And I just think he kept giving that ball away. There was one moment where he picked it up. He could have played. I think it was Watkins through, and and the pass just wasn't on and. I was a little bit disappointed with that, to be fair. But what I do want to talk about is Leon Bailey. Leon Bailey is starting to show the £30 million price tag because that run that he made, and it was only unfortunate that Watkins slipped, was absolutely sensational. It was class. It was absolutely blockbuster. And when he came on that pitch, when he was getting that ball, he looked quality. So the signs there that Leon Bailey is going to be a fantastic player under Emery. Ollie Watkins looked brilliant as well. I thought Ramsey had a good game. Uh, I thought Chambers' his distribution was poor. I thought Olsen was terrible. Uh, Augustinson looked like a backup left back to me. Um, who else? I thought the double pivot was worked well. I thought it was solid. Um, I thought Kamara and Louise played well. I thought that wasn't the problem. But I just felt like the tactics, the shape of the team was there for me to sort of, at times, shithouse them. It was there to stifle them. But I just felt like lapses of concentration cost us and... I said in the in the predicted lineup that I didn't want to see two left backs change, the left back right back change. I would have probably started Matty Cash because I think four three four out of that five back, you know, it, it, it's just too much, and and I think some of them didn't really seize the opportunity, and I think Emery will have will have learned a lot. Uh, I'm disappointed that we haven't gone through. But, you know, a transition, the signs, I, I'm happy that we made the changes because I think it allows us to be a little bit fresher for Brighton. So, all in all, disappointed. I think Emery will have learnt a lot. Um, and, yeah, what can you do for the individual errors? It, it, we've seen it time and time again, haven't we? So, um, you know, so what, what do I think Emery's learnt from... The two games he's had so far. I think the first game he'll have learnt a lot of, of how good we can be and, and how good we are. And, and I think we I think we are a good side, but I think what he will have learnt from the United game away is that squad wise we're just not there. That the, there's things there that just aren't right. There's a there's a bit of an there's an imbalance to the team, I would probably say. Um, and I just think when you're asking certain players to come in and do a job, I, I, I don't know, because I just felt like, you know, if you're thinking about 
Augustinson, you're thinking about Chambers, you're thinking about Olsen. Those three particularly had, had, had a bit of a had a bit of a poor game, and I've expected a little bit more. To be fair, and I think McGinn was a bit poor as well, and I'd have expected a little bit, a little bit more from McGinn. At times, I seem just unaware of what what he should be doing. I think he looks a little bit lost at times. Um, so. Yeah, I think he'll have learned. I think he'll have learned a lot, and I, I, and I think he'll have learned what he needs to bring in and what what he needs um, to make to make us better. And I think he's going to bring in some players that aren't going to be for massive, massive fees either. I think he's going to. I think he's going to know what he wants uh, because you know what the point I'm trying to make about the Villarreal Cup game thing is that when we went ahead twice, I don't think. We could have we could have seen that out in that occasion. I think it was a different game at Villa Park. I think I think it was a totally different game when Man United were on that front foot and, and had momentum at times. I didn't feel like we could shut the game out, and that was different to what I saw against Manchester United at Villa Park. So that that is where I feel like he will be looking and thinking. I need to shut I need to shut this out a little bit more. Uh, so that is what I think he'll learn. So then let's move on to Brighton. Sorry. Brighton at the weekend. Big, big game. Big, big game for Villa. We did make seven changes. So I would imagine we will revert to a side that was similar to Manchester United at home. Brighton are... You know, doing really well. They're, they've won their last. They've won their last two Premier League games. They've won. They beat Arsenal in the Carabao Cup as well. So their form in the Premier League's been a little bit. It's been a bit mixed, to be fair. That they've done really, really well this season, but they did go through a little, um, a little sticky patch. So uh, they drew to Liverpool. Lost to Spurs, lost to Brentford, drew to Nottingham Forest. They then lost to Manchester City, uh, and then they went on to beat Chelsea and beat Wolverhampton Wanderers, and then they beat uh, Arsenal. So that middle part of their form sort of dipped a little bit. Um, they're currently sitting in sixth place on 21 points. We're currently six points behind them. So there's all to play for there. Um and like I say, that they are playing really, really well. But you know, it's it's an important it's an important game for Villa. It's an important game for Emery because I think if we can come out of this game without a loss, then I think you'd look at Emery's form coming in, thinking, okay, two Premier League games, two one win and a draw. That's pretty pretty decent, really. Um, so I would look at that and think. It would be good if we could go there and get a point. It's going to be a really difficult game. They're playing really, really good football. They're high on confidence. But I would expect us to try and go there and keep it a little bit tighter uh, and then hit them on the counter because we have seen in the last few games that we are explosive on the counter. We are we are dynamite on the counter at times. Um, so you'd look and think Leon Bailey, uh, Ollie Watkins, Amy Brendia. I, I think we can really, really pose and, and hurt them and, and cause them some problems. And, you know, the, the, there is a bit of a, a feel-good factor amongst the fans at Villa. Um, 
you could, I mean, every Villa fan, you know, although we'd be disappointed to lose 4-2, you can start to see a sign and a shape and an identity. And you can kind of see what we're trying to do, which which is good. Um, so I think if we can go into this World Cup break and, you know, be unbeaten under Unai Emery in the Premier League, I think, that, I think that'll be a real, real positive. And I, I'd look to see uh, some changes to the starting lineup as well. So um, let me know, Villa fans, what you think about uh, Villa v Brighton, what, what your thoughts are. Um, are you confident? Are you, are you happy with some of the things that you've seen? Um, and yes, yeah, so if I'm going to go score prediction for Brighton v Aston Villa, I am going to go with Brighton 1, Aston Villa 1. I think it will be a, um, I think it will be a draw. So this is our last match preview until late December. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna be weird. Um not having any villa for a month now. It's weird that the World Cup starts a week on Sunday, which is which is just really, really weird. Uh it feels strange, but you know, I think it's gonna be so important for Villa and Emery to instill what he wants to in these players. The majority of them aren't going to the World Cup. We've only got Cash, Dendonka, Bednarak and Martinez going to the World Cup. So majority are staying back, which is going to... It's going to work wonders for Villa, to be fair. It's going to work wonders. I think the players coming back that are going to the World Cup are going to come back lethargic, tired. They're going to need a break. Emotionally, a World Cup is going to be massive. So, you know, for a lot of the... The Premier League sides that have got a lot of players going to the World Cup, that I think they're going to have a few teething problems when they get back. So it's important that Villa are fired up, fully fit and ready to go. And we come out the blocks really, really fast, uh, especially against Liverpool, because they've got their Carabao Cup tight against Manchester City before the playoffs as well. So we've got to come out firing. I'm sure we will. Um, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of transfer rumours this month, next month. Uh, because the transfer window opens. So it's an ideal opportunity for NSWE to back uh, Unai Emery on, on who he wants and what he feels like he needs. And it's going to be exciting to see who is going to be Unai Emery's first signing as well in this era as well. So Villa fans, I'm really confident. I'm really happy with the way it's going. I've seen really good signs, especially for Molly Watkins. I've seen real good signs. The shape of the team I like. Um, there's certain players that have got a lot more confidence in a short space of time, so I'm confident with that. So, yeah, really, really good. What's going to happen to the channel when the World Cup is on? So, what we're going to do is we are going to cover the whole of the World Cup. Um, predominantly, we're going to mainly do match reactions for England and match reactions for England as well. So, when England are playing, you'll have a little bit more of, of content for England because I am an England fan. So I will create England content. But then what we are going to do pretty much every single day, we're going to react to games, uh, whether it's straight after the games or the next morning. So you're sort of going to get look, sort of a morning roundup of the World Cup. So this will be your home for all of the World Cup news as well. So uh, we're going to cover the whole of the World Cup. Um, so, say, for example, if Argentina are playing 
off the top of my head, Brazil or whoever's in their group, we will cover that game and we'll talk about it. And we will cover the uh, players that play for Aston Villa at the World Cup as well. So we'll cover Poland, we'll cover Belgium, we'll cover Argentina, my main pick for the World Cup. So, uh, yes, so we will cover all that as well. We will then be doing transfer rumours in between. We will be doing a couple of friendlies, uh, the Cardiff one, and then if we announce one as well. And then we'll cover things that are happening in and around the Dubai tour as well. So we're going to loads of content still. So if you can smash a like on this video, subscribe to the channel. Um, and yeah, plenty of content still to come. When we hit 10,000 subscribers, we've got new content coming as well. We've got a big new concept which will be coming when Aston Villa are back. Presumably, we've hit 10k. Uh, and yeah, thanks for supporting us. Hope you're going to enjoy our World Cup content. Um, and hopefully, you're going to enjoy the World Cup football. I know I'll enjoy the football side of things. Um, so, Villa fans, thank you for watching. And up the Villa. <laughs>